Would you open God's precious holy word to 1 Chronicles 27. Military administration. David, the king, it has become obvious, was a well-organized man. Everyone, well, groups within Israel who had special callings had, had responsibilities and those responsibilities were thus placed upon them. Mostly divided in groups of families, as we've seen. It takes a little bit of a different turn here in this chapter. We've been looking at the administration of um, the temple. But how was it in Israel overall? Everything is being prepared for Solomon. Solomon it would, it would be seen, it, it will be seen when we study him, it was not a man of, of war. He was a man of wisdom. His purpose, part of his purpose was to build, and implement, build the temple and implement the worship of it to further secure the nation of Israel with prosperity and, and peace and so forth. So David has everything. We've talked about this before, but he has everything prepared for him. And it goes even further here as we look at chapter 27. The appointment of the captains. The sons of Israel to their number, the chiefs or the heads of the father's houses, and the princes or the captains, however it may be translated in your translation, of the thousands and hundreds and their officers who serve the king in every matter of the divisions, the one coming and the one leaving month by month for all the months of the year, one division was 24,000. So here you'll note that uh, one division of the army would be 24,000 and uh, the total of the divisions numbered, I think, 288,000 soldiers. However, they would serve actively one month in a year. This is how he has it organized. Notice that they're divided into the hundreds into the, and to the thousands. And so there were leaders who would be leaders of hundreds and then leaders who would be leaders of thousands. Uh, over all of these divisions, the divisions of the army of Israel. Now, obviously, if, uh, if there was a military emergency, all of the men of the army would be called in but they were required to serve actively one month a year. They understood 
what division they served in, and as we'll see, who the leader of each division was. Now, the leaders of the divisions are men who are among the mighty men of David that are listed. We've read sometime earlier. They were listed, and 12 of them are listed here over the 12 divisions of the army. So we look at it. Over the first division for the first month was Jeshabim, the son of Zabdiel, and on his division, 24,000. Of the sons of Perez, the chief of all the leaders of the hosts for the first month. Over the division of the second month was Dodai, the Ehohite, and his division, Umiklot, was the leader, and on his division, 24,000. Leader of the third host for the third month, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, the chief, and on his division were 24,000. He was Benaiah, the mightiest of the 30, and over the 30 and over his division was Amizabad, his son. The fourth for the fourth month was Asahel, the brother of Joab, and Zabadiah, his son after him, and on his division were 24,000. The fifth, for the fifth month, the leader was Shamhut, the Zerahite, and on his division were 24,000. The sixth, for the sixth month, was Irah, the son of Echesh, the Tekoite, and on his division were 24,000. The seventh, for the seventh month, Helez, the Pelonite, and the sons of Ephraim, and on his division, 24,000. The eighth, for the eighth month, Sebechi, Sebechai, the Hushatite of the Zerahites, and on his division were 24,000. The ninth for the ninth month was Abiezer, the Anatotite of the Benjamites, and on his division, 24,000. The tenth for the tenth month, Mahari, the Netophatite of the Zerahites, and on his division were 24,000. The eleventh for the eleventh month, Benaiah, the Peratonite of the sons of Ephraim, and on his division were 24,000. The twelfth for the twelfth month was Heldai, the Netophrite of Othniel, and on his division, 24,000. Okay, so there are the 12 divisions and the 12 leaders uh, were f that were from among the mighty men of David. So they were the commanders, each one of those 12 men, a commander of each division. Each division had 24,000 men. There were 12 divisions, but it was organized such that men only had to serve one month out of the year. Moving on then to how the, the tribal leaders were organized and how they worked over the tribes of Israel. Now in Exodus 18, we studied how the tribes were divided into fifties and one hundreds and thousands. I think that's the way the division was in Exodus 18. So the tribes, the families of the tribes, the leaders of the tribes, they were already organized and, it, and what David does here, he just picks up on that. Over the tribes of Israel, the leader of the Reubenites was Eliezer, the son of Zichri, 
of the Simeonites was Shephatiah, the son of Meacha, of Levi. Now, Levi is included here, uh, and I have it underlined. He's included here because two of the 12 are not included here. I think it's Gad and Asher. But anyway, they're not included here. Uh, so Levi is included, and then the two half-tribes of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, are included so that there are 12. Of Levi, Shabiah, the son of Kemuel, of Aaron was Zadok, of Judah was Elihu, one of David's brothers, of Issachar was Omri, the son of Michael, of Zebulun was Ishmael, the son of Obadiah, of Naphtali was Jerimot, the son of Azriel, of the sons of Ephraim was Hoshe, the son of Azaziah, the half-tribe of Manasseh was Joel, the son of Padiah, the half-tribe of Manasseh and Gilead was Iddo, the son of Zechariah, of Benjamin was Jaasiel, the son of Abner, of Dan was Azarel, the son of Jerocham. These were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. The, the population then, you remember in Joshua, each, each Israelite tribe, they each had their land. And now they have their uh, divisions of how as a civilian population, uh, they're d divided and so knowing who, knowing someone who was the son of someone, frankly, it was easier than you might think to find that person if you were looking for him. Um, and this is how it's all divided. So David has, has the nation as well, uh, well organized. Now, David did not take the count from 20 years old and below because Yahweh had promised to multiply Israel like the stars of the heavens. That's, there's a tremendous doctrinal truth here, and that is that David believed in the sovereignty of God and in the word of God. David says, what's the use of me counting those because Yahweh has promised, made this promise to multiply them like the stars of the heavens. Then there's another interesting uh, issue that's resolved here in verse 24 because there are always these half infidels who think that the Bible contradicts itself. And in some cases, if you just look at it, especially if you just look at it in the English language and you look at this particular scripture and that scripture and each, each text is out of its greater context, you could make the false claim that there is a, a discrepancy in the scripture. But notice here, that's at least one of them is handled here and it gives us a lesson on how the others uh, should be studied should someone come up with some sort of accusation that there's a discrepancy in the scripture. Notice this, Job the son of Zeruiah commenced to count, but he didn't finish. There was wrath upon Israel because of this. 
and the number did not come up to the number of the chronicles of King David. Now this goes back to 2 Samuel chapters 21 and 24. And what's being said is this. Of course, there was that time of the census, you may remember, where David sinned. But there were two tallies and the tallies didn't come up together. There was a difference in the two tallies. Well, here it's told why. Because David stopped counting at a certain place because Yahweh had made a promise to multiply Israel like the stars of heavens. So earlier that, that census count, which is a, a different tally from what's being reported here, they didn't stop with anybody. And so that number looked different from this number and it irritated Israel. It irritated people in Israel. But, you know, people, people are real big on, on numbers and uh, nobody wanted to look any less than the other guy. But it's told here why this discrepancy exists in the two lists. One is a list of, of census taking and the other is the king's list within the chronicles. And the king's list just didn't include everybody uh, under the age of 20 because of the promise that Yahweh had made. And it becomes obvious that it would be something of a futile effort if in the, in the case of David here and the chronicles, as the future brought more and more Israelites, it would be futile to try to keep up with everybody who was under the age of 20 because 20 years old and older, you had to be 20 years old to serve um, in the uh, army. It became something of a moot point. But the point here, the greater point is that uh, we're told why there's a discrepancy between the numbers. And to me, that's an interesting point that one should remember when he studies the scriptures and compares scriptures that, that don't seem to exactly be alike. Then the king had managers. Over the treasuries of the king was Azmavet, the son of Adiel. And over the storehouses in the fields, in the cities, the villages, and the towers was, was Jehonathan, the son of Uzziah. Now, the there were taxes and then there were reserves and so there were treasuries and there were storehouses and these things, the tally of these were carefully kept and these are the people that he had over that work. And over those who do the work of the field for the work of the soil was Ezri, the son of Chalub, the work of the field. Now this is... This would, be the, this would be the industry of the king. The, this would be the king's property. And over the vineyards was Shimei the Rematite. And over what was in the vineyards to the storehouses of the wine was Zabdi the Shephamite. And over the olive trees and the sycamore trees that are in the lowland was Baachanan the Gedarite, and over the storehouses of the oil was Joash. Over the cattle that pasture in uh, the Sharon was Shutai, 
the Sharonite, and over the cattle in the valleys was Shaphat, the son of Adlai. And over the camels was Obil, the Ishmaelite, and over the she-donkeys was Jedeah, the Merondotite, and over the flocks was Jaziz, the Hagarite. All these were the officers over King David's property. So that's a lot of stuff. And uh, everything, that, everything that King David had was, was obviously uh, possessed. King David was this kind of king. His, he was a shepherd king. His concern was the prosperity of his people and the security of his people and the sustenance of his people. So he had a well-divided industry going here that, uh, that is separated into all of the major categories of, of living uh, back, in, back in those days. Those things that sustained the people that were necessary uh, for the life of the culture. So there were obviously vast reserves owned by David and he had overseers and, and the fact that they were divided into these various types of uh, industries or, or genre or whatever is not a secret and it's, it's not something that David would always just claim for himself. It becomes evident that David kept these things going and in reserve and his, his first response to a national crisis would obviously be to use those things that uh, were property of the king for the benefit of the people. And so he had managers to carefully manage all of these things. Then finally, in this chapter, he had his counselors. And Jehonathan, David's uncle, was a counselor. Now these were the inner circle. These were the closest ones to David a man of understanding and a scribe. So he would, he would write everything. He would be the chronicler. He would be the one who would record everything that would be discussed in the meeting. Every time that people brought a case to the king, he would be the one who would write down what the case was and those who were for and those who were against and the witnesses and the testimonies and then what David had decreed, all of those things. So he was a busy fellow. David obviously trusted him. And Jehiel, the son of Hachmoni, was with the king's sons. Ahithophel, now you remember this guy from 2 Samuel 15 through 17 when Absalom had... Uh, rebelled against his father and Absalom was going to make himself king. For all of that time, Ahithophel was the king's counselor. Now you also may remember that there was this, there was this, Ahithophel gave Absalom, he, he betrayed David and, and went with Absalom during the rebellion and he gave, he gave the correct counsel to the king just like he did to David. Uh, and there was a time where there was an argument about whether or not to go after David right then or let him wait a little while and all that kind of stuff. He gave 
really the proper counsel, but Hushai was there as a plant. He was the Archite, who was the king's companion, and he gave a compelling argument to do the other thing other than what Ahithophel had uh, advised. You probably remember all of that. So Ahithophel committed suicide when he saw that Absalom was going to lose his case and not become king. And he committed suicide, but Hushai was the hero of that argument because he actually intentionally gave him bad advice so that David could have time to organize and then, and then raise a fight against Absalom. And after Ahithophel were Jehoiada, the son of Benaiah and Abiatar, and the general of the king's army was Joab. Now in this chapter, in this whole chapter, and I think that's what I titled it, it was, it's a military administration. There were some things done on a tribal level, for example. And of course, we just studied those chapters that had to do with the, uh, with the administration of, of what would become the temple and uh, the, the work and the responsibilities of the Levites, the various families of the Levites. That was, that was a religious administration. But overall, everything was the king and the king's army. So his divisions and his management of the kingdom reaches into every tribe. And it was well organized with, uh, with people who were at the top of a particular organization and then others who were under them, uh, dividing all the way to the, to the individuals of the various tribes. So it's an interesting chapter to note how King David in his day kept a close watch on his flock, Israel. And he made it his business to keep things in reserve for the sake of the people. Somebody would have to help me with my history here, but there was a time, if I, re if I remember correctly, there was a time, you know, the study of finance and currency and all this, it's an interesting study. It goes back, uh, goes about all the way back to the earliest uh, kings and kingdoms, but it really became a, a science of economy in Great Britain so that a local bank could write a check or, or, or they could issue um, an amount that the bank would stand good for. And that was like money, uh, a bank statement, you know, this is, and they would print those things and people could take that just like gold. It was a day in our nation where um, all of our currency had to be, at least a great percentage of it had to be backed by gold. And gold was declared to be so much an ounce. I remember when Nixon did away with all that, it was $35 an ounce. Don't you wish you could buy some gold for $35 an ounce? 
Uh, and of course, that rule and regulation, those have long been lost and currency is, is just printed like business cards or something. I don't know. But anyway, here, David had his end, the king's industry, I'll call it that, so that he could back it. They didn't have money like we have money. They didn't have currency like we have currency. But they had things that were legal tender, olive trees, vineyards, whatever grew out of the soil, cattle, donkeys, camels, all of those. Those things were legal tender. And so David saw to it that uh, over by management, by good management, his managers made sure that there was always a sufficient um, backing of the needs of the people. It's kind of like, well, I don't guess Fort Knox is really all that important anymore, but uh, it's kind of like what Fort Knox used to be. It would, it would back up uh, whatever was needed by the people in the population to assure over the next several years to assure economic prosperity as far as they could in their day. So these, these things are really amazing. Uh, all of these uh, various areas of administration and how the nation was cared for by God's anointed king, David. Well, we're going to stop there and we'll have our deacon prayer time.